Listen to this poem by Frank O'Hara and think about someone you love. There's a poem called Having a Coke with You. It's even more fun than going to St. Sebastian, Irun, Ondai, Biarritz, Bayonne, or being sick to my stomach on the Travesera de Gracia in Barcelona. Partly because in your orange shirt you look like a better, happier St. Sebastian. Partly because of my love for you. Partly because of your love for yogurt. Partly because of the fluorescent orange tulips around the birches. Partly because of the secrecy our smiles take on before people in statuary. It is hard to believe when I'm with you that there can be anything as still as solemn, as unpleasantly definitive as statuary when right in front of it, in the warm New York four o'clock light. We are drifting back and forth between each other like a tree breathing through its spectacles. And the portrait show seems to have no faces in it at all, just paint. You suddenly wonder why in the world anyone ever did them. I look at you, and I would rather look at you than all the portraits in the world except possibly for the Polish rider occasionally. And anyway, it's in the Frick, which thanks heavens you haven't gone to yet so we can go together the first time. And the fact that you move so beautifully more or less takes care of futurism, just as at home I never think of the nude descending a staircase or at a rehearsal a single drawing of Leonardo or Michelangelo that used to wow me. And what good does all the research of the Impressionists do them? when they never got the right person to stand near the tree when the sun sank. Or for that matter, Marino Marini, when he didn't pick the rider as carefully as the horse. It seems they were all cheated of some marvelous experience, which is not going to go wasted on me, which is why I'm telling you that. You're listening to Kunst Please, a podcast about modern art. And this is a story about the beauty of the everyday. Frank O'Hara was a writer, poet, critic, and former curator of New York's Museum of Modern Art. Throughout the 50s and 60s, he was instrumental in uniting and promoting a group of artists of various disciplines that called themselves the New York School. They drew inspiration from surrealism and were heavily influential in the abstract expressionist movement, in particular the vibrant, splattered action painting that Jackson Pollock would become famous for. They loved jazz and experimental music, as well as improvisational theatre and writing. It was avant-garde, modern, and very abstract. But one painter in the circle worked completely contrary to these ideals. His name was Fairfield Porter. Porter's paintings are decidedly realistic. They are focused on domestic scenes and interiors, landscapes and nature, or portraits of friends including many of his New York school buddies. There is nothing inherently radical about Fairfield's paintings, and yet, in their somewhat banal, objective way, they were totally radical, given what was considered cool and hip at the time. Willem de Kooning, who I've talked about in a previous episode, the eminent abstract expressionist of the day, said of his work, The figure is nothing unless you twist it around like a strange miracle. To find beauty in the abstract style one had to bend and break reality, stretching it into new forms that make the subject barely recognisable. Fairfield's approach was much more true to life. He said, When I paint, I think that what would satisfy me 
is to express what Bonnard said Renoir told him. Make everything more beautiful. This partly means that a painting should contain a mystery, but not for mystery's sake, a mystery that is essential to reality. The Renoir mentioned there, of course, being the great father of Impressionism, who captured balls and boating parties with such luscious flowing colour and a delicate approach to femininity and natural beauty. There is an unassuming beauty in Fairfield Porter's art. Although inspired by the French pre-war painters, it has none of the obvious aesthetic beauty heightened by the costumes of social gatherings or the objective glamour of Paris. His simple renditions of domestic still lifes or natural settings exist merely as they are. They have been described as paintings about paintings, which you can see once you start to lay them out and think about the almost functional way the colours and shapes come together, as they should, to portray the reality of a casserole or clothes on a clothesline. Simplistic, maybe, but again, consider the historical context and how revolutionary this idea was. The abstract art movement was incredibly insular and almost sought to cut itself off from the art audience, let alone the general public. It was almost intentionally obtuse, art that sought to try and understand what art was. What brilliant rebellion then from Porter, from inside the same social circle, to create simple, beautiful, inclusive art that merely reflected back the simplicity of the world. And so we return to Frank O'Hara's wonderful poetry, which is erudite and witty, like entries in the diary of an intellectual heavyweight with a deft emotional touch, but it's also incredibly self-aware. Because in spite of all the references to European cities and artists or cultural movements you may or may not have heard of, the truth he's driving at, the thing that's more fun than any of that urbane bullshit, is just sharing a Coke with someone you love. And there it is, Fairfield Porter's beautiful reality. Kunst Please was created and produced by Jonathan Heath. That's me. Be sure to follow the gallery space on Instagram at Kunstplease for the complete picture. And check out the show notes for assorted bits and ephemera from this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the experience, share it with a friend and start a conversation about art.